0: The hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. O Lord, open thou our lips,
1: and our mouth shall show forth thy praise.
0: Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost.
1: As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
0: Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Together, Psalm 95. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hands are all the corners of the earth, world without end amen psalm 85 is on page 446 lord thou art become gracious unto thy land
1: thou hast turned away the captivity of jacob thou hast forgiven the offense of thy people and covered all their sins
0: thou hast taken away all thy displeasure and turned thyself from thy wrathful indignation
1: Turn us then, O God our Saviour, and let Thine anger cease from us.
0: Wilt Thou be displeased at us for ever, and wilt Thou stretch out Thy wrath from one generation to another?
1: Wilt Thou not turn again, and quicken us, that Thy people may rejoice in Thee?
0: Show us Thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us Thy salvation.
1: I will hearken what the Lord God will say, for he shall speak peace unto his people and to his saints, that they turn not again unto foolishness.
0: For his salvation is nigh them
1: that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall flourish out of the earth and
0: righteousness hath looked down from heaven.
1: Yea, the Lord shall show loving kindness, and our land shall give her increase.
0: Righteousness shall go before him, and shall direct his going in thy way.
1: Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost.
0: As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the thirteenth
2: chapter of the first book of Samuel. Saul reigned one year, and when he had reigned two years over Israel, Saul chose for himself three thousand men of Israel. Two thousand were with Saul in Mishmash and in the mountains of Bethel, and a thousand were with Jonathan in Gibeah of Benjamin. The rest of the people he sent away, every man to his tent. And Jonathan attacked the garrison of the Philistines that was in Gibeah, and the Philistines heard of it. And Saul blew the tum- trumpet through all the land, saying, Let the Hebrews hear. Now all Israel heard it and said that Saul had attacked a garrison of the Philistines, and that Israel had also become an abomination to the Philistines. And the people were called together to Saul at Gilgal. Then the Philistines gathered together to fight with Israel, thirty thousand chariots and six thousand horsemen, and people as the sand which is on the seashore in multitude. And they came up and encamped at Michmash, to the east of Ben-Avon. When the men of Israel saw that they were in danger, for the people were distressed, then the people hid in caves, in thickets, in rocks, in holes, and in pits. And some of the Hebrews crossed over the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, he was still in Gilgal, and all the people following him trembled. Then he waited seven days according to the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. So Saul said, Bring a burnt offering and peace offerings here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Now it happened, as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering, that Samuel came. And Saul went out to meet him, that he might greet him. And Samuel said, What have you done? Saul said, when I saw the people were scattered from me and that you did not come within the days appointed and that the Philistines gathered together at Michmash, then I said, The Philistines will now come down on me at Gilgal, and I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore, I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever but now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Then Samuel arose and went from Gilgal to Gibeah of Benjamin, and Saul numbered the people present with him, about 600 men. Saul, Jonathan his son, and the people present with them remained in Gibeah of Benjamin but the Philistines encamped in Mitchmatch, Then the raiders came out of the camp of the Philistines in three companies. One company turned under the road to Oprah in the land of Shal, another company turned to the road to Beth Haron, and another company turned the road of the border that overlooks the valley of Zeboim toward the wilderness. Now there was no blacksmith to be found throughout all the land of Israel for the Philistines said, lest the Hebrews make swords or spears. But all the Israelites would go down to the Philistines to sharp each man's plowshare, his mattock, his axe, and his sickle. And the charge for the sharpening was a pim for the plowshares, the mattocks, the forks, and the axes, and to set the points of the goads. So it came about on the day of battle that there were neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people who were with Saul or Jonathan, but they were found with Saul and Jonathan his son. And the garrison of the Philistines went out to the pass of Michmash. Here endeth the first lesson.
0: Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths, and dwellest between the cherubim. Praise and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the glorious throne of thy kingdom. Praise and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven. Praise and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be world without end, amen.
2: Here beginneth the 14th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke. Now it happened, as he went into the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath, that they washed him closely. And behold, there was a certain man before whom had dropsy. And Jesus answering, spoke to the lawyers and the Pharisees saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? but they kept silent. And he took him and healed him and let him go. Then he answered them saying, which of you having a donkey or an ox that has fallen into a pit will not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day? And they could not answer him regarding these things. So he told a parable to those who were invited when he noted how they chose the best places saying to them, when you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place lest one more honorable than you be invited by him. And he who invited you and him come and say to you, give place to this man. And then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you're invited, go down and sit in the lowest place so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at table with you. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Then he also said to him who invited him, when you give a dinner or a supper, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, nor rich neighbors, lest they also invite you back and be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Here endeth the
0: second lesson.
1: and take not thy Holy Spirit from us.
0: Lord of all power and might, who art the author and giver of all good things, graft in our hearts the love of thy name, increase in us true religion, nourish us with all goodness, and of thy great mercy keep us in the same, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, Neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, our
3: Lord. Amen. Good morning to all. Today's Samuel story has a little bit of a cryptic element to it because it has this idea of Saul, Saul and Jonathan beginning to attack the Philistines. And then you have a kind of um, Philistine response that's going to lead up to a crescendo of battle. And there's this idea that Saul needs to call upon the Lord, uh, you know, for, for help in battle. But Samuels asked him to wait seven days. But this... A couple chapters ago, we had Samuel asking him to wait seven days. A lot of things have happened since then, so it's it's been more than seven days. So it's a little cryptic as to what the seven day waiting period exactly comes from. However, it's clear that Saint Paul know, or excuse me, that Saul knows that he's not supposed to offer the sacrifice until Samuel comes, and he does it anyway. And this kind of shows um, this thing in Saul that is going to be a repeated character thing. That we should really read Saul in, um, in, in comparison with who will, someone will emerge in a chapter to David in, in terms of how they respond to, to crisis situations. And Saul always sees the anxiousness of the situation and has great anxiety and tends to react emotionally and, and do the wrong thing to, to, to be self preserving. Um, and so he hurriedly offers a sacrifice in a way that he knows he's not supposed to because he couldn't wait for Samuel to come because he was in a bit of a panic. And and so we'll notice this contrast with David in the Goliath story that we'll get in a couple of chapters. When he sees you know, the awesome uh, sort of presence of the Philistines, David's like, what do you mean? What's this guy doing? You know, David has a faith in God that allows him to believe he can conquer, and Saul does not have this integrated faith in god it 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 comes from Samuel kind of but anyway since so see that, that that character sort of distinction and, and for us it's um it's interesting just to note that the difference between Saul, who does not succeed against the Philistines and David, who does the difference is their their faith, their trust in God, can we trust God? Can we stand that place of faith and obedience when the enemy around us seems overwhelming, and even when there's pressures around us to, you know, to panic? Can we hold on to that faith that, that ultimately will conquer? And, and that's what makes David the great king. We'll see that he always believes that God can do it, no matter what the odds are. He just wants to go fight. In the New Testament lesson, we just see um, the error of bad religion. Uh, which is which is not uh, uh, you have this dinner at the Pharisees' home, and you see that um they're concerned about two things uh about about their own you know nice dinner and not about someone in need that Jesus heals, and then they're also concerned about their their status around the table and wherever we see um Bad legalistic religion, prideful religion. We see it mostly concerned with the status of the people who practice the religion, and also concern about competitively how people get honor in the in the religion. Um, we should note that the story is highlighted by the fact that the son of God is at this meal, and they're all jockeying for positions. But God is there, <laughs> and so there there, and that's that's something in our own. Uh, the presence of Christ always reshuffles the, the, the sort of deck of, of esteem, that when we realize that Jesus is always here and Jesus came to serve, that gives us the ability to to not be concerned pridefully about how we compare with people, but just to be focused on what we're called to do and assume that role of the servant. And that's kind of the lesson of the of the story, where if you take the lowest seat, God will and in that is serve like Christ serve, use your gifts to do humbly the things God calls you to do god will will call you up, but if we presume competitively to take a higher spot, we're likely to get knocked down by our competitors at some at some point in time so it's it's really a reminder that that our true religion is focusing on what we're called to do in our gifts not being concerned about status and making sure we're concerned about, you know, the genuine needs of people around us and how we can minister to those needs. A few thoughts about today's lessons.
0: Continuing with a prayer for all conditions of men. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them